Women Taking the Lead, Episode 212. The one slogan or mantra that I say to myself almost every day is never, never, never give up. Uh, that is something that I think has carried me through everything. There are moments where, like I said, I want to throw my hands in the air, walk away from everything that I've worked so hard to achieve because it is hard or I'm not going where I want to go with it. Uh, and that's something that I repeat to myself every day is never, never, never give up. You never know how your story is going to end. You have to fight through it. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Jen Glantz, who is the brains behind the business, Bridesmaid for Hire, the heart behind the blog, the things I learned from, and the main character inside of the Amazon best-selling book, All My Friends Are Engaged. Her new book, Always a Bridesmaid for Hire, is available now for pre-order. Jen's told her story to over 500 press outlets worldwide, such as The Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, and Fox News, where they called her job the weirdest of all time. Jen is a mentor for New York City women entrepreneurs and a hired speaker for conferences and workshops around the country. Jen, I think you probably have the most unique business of all the women I've interviewed. And you know, that's, that's a very exciting and interesting bio, but I know there's so much more to who you are. So if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your own humble beginnings. Sure. Well, I'm so excited to be on this podcast today. I never thought that I would be the kind of person speaking about my journey. I would say a lot of what has happened to me has been a controlled accident. Uh, I've always been the kind of person who was a go-getter, who knew what they wanted and went after it. But I was also the person who didn't deal with rejection well. When people weren't giving me opportunities I thought I deserved, uh, I didn't know what else to do except to begin creating them on my own. So a lot of my journey, a lot of what's gotten me to where I am today has been because I didn't wait around for somebody else to give me something I thought I deserved. And instead, I went after it and created it myself. And I think we're seeing that in that new spirit of entrepreneurship. It seems like entrepreneurship is just, I mean, granted, I'm a business owner, so I'm always in the conversation about entrepreneurship, but I'm seeing it more um, in, you know, general media outlets, you know, that the whole conversation of how there are more small businesses now than ever before and more entrepreneurs are coming into the market and you work with women entrepreneurs in New York City. Do you get a sense that that's that's the, the spirit that most of these entrepreneurs have. I do. And it's such an amazing thing to be in a room surrounded by women of all ages, of all backgrounds, who have an idea or who are looking to find an idea that they want to pursue. And I think it's very, very, very cool because when you're growing up, a lot of us, when we went to school, 
Nobody told us that we could grow up to be entrepreneurs, that we could start one business, five businesses, work full time and start a business on the side. Those options were really not presented to a lot of us. So the fact that people are coming to terms with that as an opportunity is really amazing to see. Yeah, it's such a complete paradigm shift. And I love that. And here you are. You've got your business. You've got several books. You've got the blog. You've been on all these media outlets and the big ones, the Today Show, Good Morning America. America, CNN, Fox News, you know, whether or not you were comfortable doing it, you did it, right? So it's, oh, yeah. it's done and checked off your list. So clearly, you know, you're, you're making things happen and you've gained some confidence in the work that you're doing. And, and at the very least, you know what you have is very viable. But Jen, I always love to start off with like the lowest of the low, like <laughs> the moments in our life where we recognize we are playing small, we are not living up to our true potential and what we're capable of. We've held ourselves back. But on the bright side of the story, there's always the the moment afterwards. So Jen, if you could tell us about, you know, one of your most relevant playing small stories and the lessons you've learned from the experience. Sure. You know, I think that when I started my business about two and a half years ago, I started it, it went really quick. You know, a lot of there's a lot of traction at first, a lot of eyeballs on what I did and what I was doing. About nine months into the process, I felt extremely burnt out. I was working my full-time job and running my business practically full-time on the side as well. I was working two people's jobs. Uh, I didn't have a work-life balance. I was exhausting myself. And not only that, but because when I was starting a business, I didn't have a lot of money to spend, I tried to do everything myself. So I tried to become my own accountant. I tried and I failed miserably at trying to become my own lawyer. Uh, I tried to do all of these things on my own. And about nine months in, I was really ready to throw my hands up in the air and walk away. And at that moment, I was connected with a free business mentor in New York City who sat me down and really told me like it was. He really, really opened my eyes to the fact that one of the reasons why I felt so paralyzed, I felt like giving up, was because I was terrified to try new things, whether it was to hire new employees, whether it was to ask for help, or whether it was to just introduce new packages and truly evolve my business to where it should be after nine months. So that was a very pivotal moment for me because I was at a low. I was not feeling this anymore. I didn't want to live these two people's lives, and, and I just wanted to have one singular job at that point. Uh, and hearing those words from this new mentor of mine was what really picked me up from a very low spot. You know, and I have to commend you, Jen, because that's where a lot of my clients find themselves when they first start working with me, because you're probably from your description, I'm going to I'm going to venture a guess that you're type A. <laughs> you know? yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you probably gained a lot of success in your early life by just, you know, taking the bull by the horns and, and saying, I'm going to do this. And you were in control and decided for yourself. But the lesson we end up learning is that in business to start a business or at the very you can start a business on your own, but it's very hard to evolve and grow sure. a business on your own. And, and that was kind of the lesson you've learned, you know, and that's what I see in, in my business as well, that, you know, these women who are high achievers, type A, go-getters, like successful on paper, but not feeling successful, like in their hearts, you know, th those are the struggles that they're having is delegating, outsourcing, fear of failure, evolving. So I think that that's definitely something 
something a lot of the women who are listening to this podcast, because I tend to attract these women because I am one of those women myself, um, are definitely going to relate to it. So what were some of the things that you put into practice or, or how I should ask, like, you know, how do you keep yourself from getting to that place today? I think one of the things I learned, you know, during that whole moment of being so low from that new mentor was to stop feeling, fearing failure, was to really stop talking myself out of doing things because I was scared. Uh, And I can't say it was a very easy thing to stop doing, but I had a mentor who made me every single week I met with him, present him with a list of ways I failed. And if I decided not to do my homework and not to provide him with that list, he wouldn't mentor me that week. And I really liked him a lot. And mm-hmm. I wanted to spend time with him. And I have to admit, you know, he he's much older that he's 86 years old. Uh, so he was more of like a grandpa figure in my life. And I really, really liked him. So I strived to fail. I strived to go out there and do things I was scared to do to email that person at the bottom of my to do list about something that I've been putting off because I was fearing rejection or to introduce a new package in my business, even though I wasn't sure if anyone would ever want it, uh, and to really take more chances and more risks. And what was linking me to wanting to do that was because I valued my mentor's time and I valued him as a person. And this was my way of seeing him every week and getting feedback. And through that, it just became a very natural habit. I would wake up in the morning and say to myself, you know, what bold thing can I do today that's going to scare me a little bit? And when I started living my life like that, I had a lot of new opportunities introduced to me because I was no longer scared to take chances and to ask people for things that I wasn't sure if they would say yes about. I love that. And I think that is the mindset shift we have to have as entrepreneurs if we want to be successful or at least enjoy the success that we have is that, you know, that part of being an entrepreneur is risk taking, but you have to relate to it not as like this is either going to be a success or a failure, but that it's an experiment. Like every new thing in your business is an experiment. So if it doesn't work out rather than being like, oh, I'm a complete failure, you know, looking at it like, okay, well, I tried that and it didn't work. I'll try something else now. Definitely. And I love that you said that because I don't look at it as success and failure anymore. To me, I look at it as I, I tried something mm-hmm. uh, and I don't even look at it as, okay, it didn't work. To me, if someone writes me back and says, no, thanks, Jen, or yeah, we're not interested. That to me is an automatic success because they know my name. They mm-hmm. know I exist. They've recognized me. So that's a win. Uh, and I no longer look at it as success or failure. I almost look at it as a step toward whatever goal I'm trying to achieve. It's just by me putting it out there and actually taking action on it. And I think that that just changes your mindset. And you're no longer as scared as you used to be about taking that risk. I love how you said that just putting yourself out there makes you more visible and you can build on that even if ultimately this first, you know, the first, second, third time you ask, it's a no. Because, you know, and what just popped into my mind is my own experience where a year ago I like proposed myself as a speaker to a conference and I was told, well, no, why don't we start with something small or, you know, maybe do something local. And then this year same opportunity proposed myself in this time around it was a yes but because I had put myself on their radar you know and they started watching what I was doing and I knew I wanted it so I started building my visibility building my credibility and got there so I love how what you just said just captured my own experience because I can say you know from my own experience it's true (laughs) yeah and I, I agree with that and I think you know it's a lot of 
we sometimes, we, we think, okay, you know, people must know about how great we are. They must know that we do X, Y, and Z. They must know, they must know, they must know. But to be honest, people don't know everything you've done. They don't know all of your achievements. They don't even know all of your capabilities. And that's why it's so important to introduce yourself to different people, to different opportunities. And even if they don't have an opening for you this year, like you said, perhaps there's something in the future. And that's happened to me so many times where people have said, yeah, Jen, we're not interested. Sorry. And I wrote back something to them. I didn't just delete the email. You know, I responded. And then chances are they might respond a month later or a week later and say, you know what? We looked into this more. We'd love to have you. Or you know what? We looked into this more and we'd like to continue this conversation later on. But it was very important to really introduce who I was and what I've done and not just assume, oh, they'll Google me. They'll find out. Or, oh, they must know I did this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's not true. People are all caught up in their own worlds. And I love that tip you have of like, keep building the bridge. Don't just hit delete on an email that says no, keep building that relationship. And now, definitely. And now, Jen, if you could share with us another story, and this is one of a wake up call or a light bulb moment. It can happen quickly or it can happen over time. I, th I think a lot of times for me, the universe has to send me several messages before I finally go, okay, this is what I need to do. Um, but in either case, there's a moment of action. So if you could share with us the story of what led up to that moment and the steps you took after that led to your success. Sure. You know, I think the moment that I want to highlight is when I started my business, Bridesmaid for Hire, what was happening was I was a bridesmaid for my friends so many times. They became really good at it. I started to notice that people who weren't even very close to me were now asking me to do this job. And I started to think to myself, to be honest, the first thought I had was maybe I could write honest advice to people about being a bridesmaid based on my experiences. I was a writer by nature. It was what I loved to do. I thought at first, okay, I'm going to start a website or a blog dedicated to bridesmaid advice. That was my first step. Then what happened was, as I was pining over that idea in my head for a couple weeks, I had one day in particular where two very distant friends asked me to be a bridesmaid. And it was almost a little weird why they were asking me. We weren't very close. Uh, I wasn't very sure why they would choose me. That same night, I told my roommate, I said, you know, Carrie, I got asked to be a bridesmaid twice. I'm not sure why. And she said, Jen, you know, you're a professional bridesmaid. I think people are asking you because you're good at it, because they know you'll show up on time and they know that you'll do everything respectfully. So right after she said that sentence to me, these light bulbs went off in my head. And I said, you know what, instead of writing advice for people to read over the internet, Perhaps I could start a business where I provide these professional bridesmaid services to strangers. And yes, I know it sounds crazy, but maybe there are people in this world who don't have close friends, who don't have close family members, or who have that, but they can't trust them. They can't rely on them. They need a professional. Uh, so that was the moment where everything circled in my head and came together. And I said, why not try to start a business around this? Uh, and then without building a business plan or thinking of a name, I jumped a couple steps ahead and decided, okay, let me try out the idea first to see if it is crazy or to see if it is something people would bite for. And my first step of action was to post an ad on Craigslist. I offered my services to the strangers of New York as their professional bridesmaid. And uh, what happened after that was a very whirlwind experience. Two days later, the ad was, was found. It went viral. 
got hundreds of emails from brides all around the world who said they wanted to hire me or that they wanted to know more about this. And that was how I started the business off of a very light bulb moment of having somebody else identify something I was good at and perhaps a problem that I could solve in the wedding industry. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And we chatted a little bit before we hit record because, you know, of course, right off the bat, I had to say, wow, Jen, this is the most, you know, interesting job or business anyone's ever had that I've interviewed. But I also know you can be good at something, but in order to make it really successful and to keep doing it, right, because you had already come out of an experience of not having a lot of balance in your life and not feeling like a lot of fun. And the sense I get from you now is like, this is fun. This is something you enjoy. But I'm sure there are people in their minds, they've had their own bridesmaid experiences. And they were like, well, why would you what what is there to love about being a bridesmaid? So Jen, if you could share with everyone, you know, your passion and your love of of your business. So I've always had this deep-rooted passion for strangers. I'm the kind of person who you'll see in New York City talking to everybody else on a park bench and tell my life story to a person I know I'll never see again and listen to theirs. And I've always loved helping people during very difficult times. My first job out of college about six years ago was working for a national sorority as a consultant. So my job at 22 years old was to travel every week to a new college and mentor sorority women and help them with different problems in their life, different difficult challenges they were facing, teach them leadership skills. And that was my job for one year. I was sleeping on couches and working with women who were a year or two years, three years younger than me. Uh, And it was a very difficult and very, very hard job because I had to work with many different personalities, a lot of which were very different than mine. Uh, But I, I loved that job so much because I got to make an impact on women. And I always loved being able to do that and using knowledge I had from being in a sorority to help other women succeed in college and even build their own skills. And, uh, you know, when this job hit me, when I realized, okay, like this could be a business I could do, I didn't think it was crazy because I did love working with women during difficult situations. And I knew from being a bridesmaid so many times for my friends that weddings are very difficult. They're very emotional. They're very stressful. And that was something I knew I could handle because of my on-the-job training many years ago. That's awesome. And I I can't imagine many people wouldn't love to develop the skill even a little bit to have a little more ease in speaking with strangers, especially business owners, where we have to go to networking events, where we're in a room with mostly all strangers trying to make significant connections that will make a difference in our business. And if you can develop some ease some curiosity about other people and, you know, let's say it, some enjoyment in speaking with strangers and getting to know them, that will go a long way in your business. It definitely will. And, you know, one thing I always remind myself is every single person we know, we love, we care about was once a stranger to us. You know, our best friends, the person we're perhaps dating or married to, even our doctors that we trust so much they were once complete strangers. So you never know who you're going to meet. And something very interesting about human beings is oftentimes we feel it, you know, we feel more natural talking to strangers about our problems than we do our own friends, because we know that the people we're talking to, they don't know what's going to make us tick. They don't know what's going to make us mad. They, They tell it like it is to us. And sometimes we appreciate that than venting to a friend who might know every single thing about us and perhaps may judge us. Mm hmm. 
Awesome. And Jen, you know, my belief is, well, I know it to be true that our personalities, our strengths, our past experience all blend themselves into our leadership style. So how we show up as a leader is, you know, dependent upon those things. So Jen, how would you describe your leadership style? I think that as a leader, uh, I'm decently good at relating to people. Uh, I think that one thing I always remember is who it is that I'm trying to help, what it is I'm trying to do, make it less about me and more about them. You know, in my day-to-day job, I'm dealing with many different personalities and sometimes, you know, they're very different than mine. And I always try to relate to people, to get on their level, to talk to them like they're human beings and listen to them, especially listen to them. You know, as a leader, We think we know everything. We think we have a response to everything. Sometimes we even cut people off before they're done talking to us. And one thing I've tried to do is really listen to the person talking to me and really try to hear and understand what their problem is before suggesting the help that I would give them or before just, you know, cutting them off and rambling on and on to them with a solution. Uh, And I do, you know, we'll be completely honest with you. I do think I am a very stubborn leader, too, sometimes. Uh, I'm an Aries. I'm very, very stubborn. And I think sometimes I have to personally remember that about myself, take a step back and really ask for help, listen to other people's comments about how I'm running my business uh, and make sure that I'm not letting my stubborn ways interfere with some of the things that I could benefit from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I know what I also know to be true is our weaknesses tend to also be if we flip that coin, our strengths as well. But we just have to manage it when it's in a in a situation or a scenario where it's playing out like a weakness. So I imagine your stubbornness also makes you very tenacious in your business. But you also have to be aware of when you're just digging in your heels to dig in your heels. Definitely. And I mean, I will be completely honest and say that I had to learn that the very, very, very hard way. Uh, And I had to learn that by working with other people and noticing that I wasn't doing things right and I wasn't treating them right. You know, when I started this business, I started it with my brother. He was the one that helped me build it at first. He did a lot of work for me, a lot of help with me. And, uh, you know, one thing I noticed was that I was thinking it was my way or the highway. I was very separate in the decisions I was making. And I didn't take that time to really take a step back and hear his side, see what he wanted to develop and produce. And, you know, after a week went by, I really had to, you know, talk to myself and say, Jen, you know, maybe he is right. You know, maybe you don't know everything. Maybe his opinion or what he's bringing to the table is is a lot better than anything that you could create. And I definitely had to learn that at first the hard way. Uh, but that's one mistake that I try not to make ever again. You know, if someone comes to me with advice or wants to help or has an idea, I really do try to listen and consider it and even see if I can put my own spin on it rather than just reject it completely. That's awesome. You know, and that's the thing. We're all going to make mistakes. Like we talked about earlier, like we have to like change our mind frame around mistakes or failure and all of that. And, you know, you have to know, like, you know, if you're living a good life, you're going to make mistakes. But the key is to try not to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, one thing is a lot of a lot of people, especially women, sometimes we're scared to admit our mistakes. We're scared to admit things we messed up on. We want to make sure that people think our businesses are running smoothly and we're not doing anything. You know, we didn't mess up on anything this week. But when I do mentor women entrepreneurs in New York City and we come together and chat, 
one of the greatest topics that we talk about is how we messed up that week. You know, what mistakes did we make? And chances are the mistakes that you share, other people in the room are going to raise their hand and say, oh my goodness gracious, that happened to me too. Or, oh my God, you know, I experienced that as well. And I think that sometimes our mistakes or even our quote unquote failures will bring us together with other people who can mentor us or give us advice or just make us feel human and remind us that there is no direct playbook that we can follow when starting a business or becoming an entrepreneur. But at the very best, we can connect with other people who can move us forward and can make us feel like we're still going to be successful even if we have made some mistakes. I agree. I think we connect more strongly when we're connecting over our very human experiences. So being willing to share your mistakes will make it easier for people to relate all those good things you said. And Jen, what I really want to roll into now is, you know, what you want to share. And about this one thing is like something you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us. Wow, that's amazing. I am so excited. I two weeks ago or a couple weeks ago or Uh, by the time this podcast airs, I guess a couple months ago, I launched my brand new book, Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. And this book just means so much to me. It is, you know, filled with real life stories about failing and making mistakes starting a business and stories about walking down the aisle for complete strangers. But why I'm so excited about this book is the fact that it took a very long time for it to come out. It was not a very easy process. When I began writing the book and pitching it to publishers, I was rejected by 20-something publishers. And when you get rejected writing a book, usually what happens is publishers email you one by one with a reason why they're not going to buy your book. So you're reading 20-something emails that tell you why you're not good enough or why this isn't going to happen or it's not good timing and things out of your control. And it's, it's a bit heartbreaking. Uh, so eventually in my pitching process, I did get a yes by Simon & Schuster to publish the book. And it was a very incredible feeling. Uh, writing the book was extremely hard, but also very gratifying. Uh, and even promoting the book has been a challenge as well. But I'm very excited about this project because the book to me is like my own personal diary. It has my heart and my soul and my secrets inside of it. And I've never been more proud of something, and I'm excited to share it with a bunch of strangers and hopefully uh, make them my friends through these through these stories. Awesome. And Jen, what's something that people can take away from reading your story about Always a Bridesmaid for Hire? I think when people read this book, they'll understand that this is a story that could happen to anybody. There's nothing special about me. Uh, I wasn't born into a situation where things were handed to me. Uh, I was the kind of person who was very shy growing up, was bullied growing up, never found my place or my purpose, and I stumbled upon everything almost by accident, but also because I had a ton of determination to figure myself and my career out. So I think that when people read this book, they'll relate to it. They'll be able to see themselves in these stories and think, wow, I can get started right now. Or wow, I have a crazy idea. Why not give it a try? I think it'll be very empowering for people to read, especially people who are trying to find their place in this world and create their own opportunity. Love that. And on the flip side of things, Jen, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? I think right now in my day-to-day business challenge, it's making doing things to make life easier. I have always been the kind of person who, like I said, tries to do everything myself. 
Uh, and that makes life harder. You know, you spend way more hours not being productive, but researching or trying to get things to work that, you know, there should be programs and processes in place. And I think right now, you know, my unofficial but yet official New Year's resolution of 2017 is to do things to make life easier, whether it's to keep myself more organized, to be able to hire people to help me out with different things that they're experts in and I know nothing about. Uh, or just to really make sure that I'm treating myself well, giving myself breaks with work and making sure that I develop some type of work-life balance this year. Mm -hmm. You got to keep that balance. We've already talked about that. I hope so. You know what? I I try to work out every single day and I find myself doing these crazy hard boot camp workouts. But recently I adopted yoga into my life and uh, I really am starting to enjoy that. That gives me a balance, whether it's just mm. an hour a day or an hour every three days. You know, that to me is my Zen time, my time to really unwind. And I appreciate that. I love that. Yeah, I love I used to love the balance of running and yoga and boot camp classes. Yes. But, but yeah, there is something about yoga that like, even though it's hard and it's challenging and you're shaking and sweating <laughs> and crying a little bit on the inside, yes. it's still like it also puts you mentally in a place where like everything else goes away for that time. It does. It does. I mean, I, I'd say, you know, my first couple of classes, I, w- I said to myself, I'll never do this again. And shockingly, it does get easier. And I now do hot yoga, which is something I said I would never, ever try. Uh, But I really do think that when I find myself being less stubborn and giving into things that I Mm -hmm. never imagined I would love, I fall so in love with them. And I think that that's something that I've learned about myself is instead of writing things off that I don't think I'm going to like or don't think I will enjoy just try them out and you never know. You might become a huge fan of, you know, doing yoga in 90 degree heat. You never, ever, ever know. Yeah. And now, Jen, I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I think that I try to learn about other people's practices, uh, speak to other successful women or other people in my industry, find out what they're doing to becoming a better leader and really learning from other people uh, just so that I know what's working for other people and not make all my mistakes myself. What advice would you give your younger self? I would say slow down. I always got in trouble for school because I rushed through everything, whether it was tests or homework or anything. And I just have always tried to live my life on this fast road. And I would say slow down a little bit. Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. The one slogan or mantra that I say to myself almost every day is never, never, never give up. Uh, that is something that I think has carried me through everything. There are moments where, like I said, I want to throw my hands in the air, walk away from everything that I've worked so hard to achieve because it is hard or I'm not going where I want to go with it. Uh, and that's something that I repeat to myself every day is never, never, never give up. You never know how your story is going to end. You have to fight through it. And lastly, Jen, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Wonderful. People can find my book, Always a Bridesmaid for Hire, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores all over the world. They could find me on social media at at Jen Glantz or check out my website, jenglantz.com, for info on my business, my book, and my blog. Awesome, Jen. And for those of you listening, and I know you're constantly on the go, you know you can find all the links and resources that Jen shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. 
Before we say goodbye, I want to give a huge shout out to Millie Welsh at Zebra Lab Web Solutions. She does the hosting for the Women Taking the Lead website, as well as the SEO and payment solutions. So if you need help with any of these things, contact Millie at zebralubwebsolutions.com. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.